and welcome to the first bonus episode of uh, the Just Three Things podcast. I'm really excited to do this mini series where I've invited some of my friends and colleagues to join me so that we can get their ideas about three things that we can be doing whilst we're waiting for speech therapy. So today is my first of these guests and I have the lovely Leanne from the Realistic Health Visitor joining me. Hi Leanne. Hi. So today what we're going to be focusing on is really thinking about those uh, parents who have children who are under five and usually the first port of call if you're noticing that your child is following a different pattern of development in any area is to maybe chat it through with your health visitor or your GP. So I wanted to invite Leanne on today so that we can um, pick her brains and think about three things that you could be doing perhaps if you're considering going to the health visitor or if you've made an appointment and you know you're going to go and see your health visitor three things that you can do to make sure that you're really prepared for that appointment. So thanks for joining us today, Leanne. Oh, thanks for having me. It's nice to um, be with you again. So what we're going to go with today, Leanne, is I want you just to tell us your first thing and then we'll have a bit of a chat about that and then we'll go through your other two things that we can be doing whilst we're waiting to chat with the health visitor. Okay, that's lovely. So um, thanks for preparing me for this one, Charlotte, because uh, I did have to go back to my team and have discussions with them over it because, as you know, in different areas, we work in different ways. But we've come together with three um, good ideas. So the first one that we would like you to be prepared for when you come to see your health visitor is to have a list of specific concerns. So what is it that you're actually concerned about with your child's speech? Is it the amount of words that they're saying? Is it the um, pronunciation of the words? And also we'd like to know if there has been any progress over the last, looking back at the last month or two. So have they increased the, the amount of words that they're saying? Or equally, has there been any regression with those words as well? Um, so that would be the first thing that we would like to know when we're having those discussions around your concerns with your child's speech. I think that's a really helpful one, isn't it, for a variety of reasons. I know when I go and see a health professional, sometimes I can kind of um, get a bit confused or flustered. So it's quite good to have kind of made some notes so that you know what it is that you want to put across to the health visitor, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Make notes, make little lists of things, you know, if that includes words that they are saying or words that they're mispronouncing. Um, just it's always good to have it in writing because, like you say, people can get quite flustered when we're there together asking questions. So notes are always a good thing to come and be prepared with. And then that way you don't forget anything either, because quite often you can leave an appointment and think, oh, I forgot to say this. I forgot to mention that. So lists of specifics is really helpful. And if you do want any more guidance on the sorts of things that might come under speech and language development, you can revisit episode one of this podcast, which goes through the communication pyramid. And it talks about those other more subtle things that you might not have thought about. So obviously, whether your child is talking, not talking and what their speech sounds like, but it also thinks about things like social skills, understanding some of the things that you may or may not have considered could be just a good starting point for thinking about so that when the health visitor is asking you questions, you've already thought about those things ahead of time. Absolutely. And my uh, practice now is um, guided by your communication triangle, which was your first podcast as well. So I always include that into my um, my appointments with families as well. So definitely I would recommend that you go and listen to that one back. Oh, thanks so much, Leanne. I think the other thing with that, you know, what the health visitor's job there is to try and decide whether or not it does sound like your child is following kind of a typical pattern of development. So the more information you can go armed with, the better to help them make that informed decision for you. 
So that's the first one. So write a list of specific um, kind of concerns or things that you want to discuss with the health visitor, including whether or not the child, your child's making progress. And what about um, the second thing that people can be doing, Leanne? Okay, so the um, second thing that we agreed was that it would be good for you to be, for the parent that's coming to be prepared to reflect on the way that they respond to their child when they're having, uh, when they're trying to communicate. So if, for example, um, they're mispronouncing a word, for example, they want the lemon flavoured squash, but they're saying women flavoured squash um, how do you respond to that do you respond in a way that just repeats back the word as it should be said or are you consistently saying to them you know say lemon say lemon actually that's not what we want so we just want you to reflect on how you're responding to your child and another example would be if they're pointing because they can't say that word um, you know how are you responding to them then are you constantly asking them say what you want say what you want say what you want or are you just saying oh you want your drink and then passing it to them so we want to be discussing things like this as well because actually the way that you respond to the way that your child's trying to communicate with you is really really key in developing their speech so um, it's about reflecting on that and being honest and not feeling bad if you might not have been getting it right but just being really honest about how you do respond to your child. I think it's really good to be open minded, isn't it? But again, I think sometimes if you feel a bit intimidated by that kind of like health professional role or professional versus parent role, sometimes when people ask you questions, you can end up being a bit defensive because you feel like you're being criticised. And that's not really what it's yeah. about. It? It's just about being open minded to using kind of like different strategies and the health visitor needs to establish Absolutely. what the baseline is to be able to work out what advice yeah. is going to be most useful for you and your child definitely and it's not it's not um those aren't obvious ways to respond to your child so it's not like we're expecting you to know before you even come that this is the way that you should be responding because it's not always that straightforward and actually sometimes even when you do know the way that you should respond to it it's really difficult if you're frustrated or your child's frustrated so we just want you to be honest and we and we can discuss some different strategies with you and what we think is most effective um, and effective according to the way that your child learns better as well so um yeah we we just want you to be open and honest about that and have those discussions and be open to what we're suggesting um with hopefully and not feeling um criticized but just you know having that adult conversation and saying well actually have you thought that this might be the best way to respond to that or whatever it may be which I think also then leads us on to our third point doesn't it Leanne so should we go ahead and and discuss that and then we can recap all of the points at the end yeah, so um, the third point is, is again, being open-minded to what your health visitor is suggesting. So quite often, a lot of people will come to us on their first appointment and think that we can refer to speech therapy straight away. And that's not always the case. Um, sometimes there are interventions that can happen before we need to make that speech referral, which might make all the difference to your child and their speech development. Um, so we will give you strategies to use. We might recommend that you 
you go to a targeted speech group, um, do specific activities and trial this for a period of time before we make that speech referral. Um, this can cause quite a lot of frustration for some parents because they want that referral straight away, but actually it's not always necessary. So um, just to be open-minded really with what we're suggesting and be prepared to try other things before we make that referral because like I've just said, it might not be needed. So we like to try these different things before we move on to that um, route. Yeah, I think when um, people talk about early and early intervention people sometimes parents get a bit nervous because they feel like they really want to make sure like the best support is in place for their child but the best support yeah the same for every child does it and actually intervention just means acting early and making any adaptations to your environment and that can include little small changes at home or as you say going to different play groups or just educating yourself a bit more about the sorts of strategies that might help support children's speech and language development that stuff all classes is early intervention doesn't it Yes, definitely. And actually, sometimes with your child, the most effective way to help them communicate is with the most familiar person to them, which is you and your family members, um, you know, whoever's closest to them. And sometimes it can be quite daunting for them when they're so young going to see a speech therapist. Um, And we get a lot of frustration because sometimes we will refer to speech therapy and then speech therapy will just do an initial appointment and then kind of discharge because there's activities that they could have been doing prior to that so um, there's a process that has to be followed and I know that that can be quite frustrating because it can feel long it can feel like you're waiting for a long time before you're actually seeing these professionals but actually there's reason behind that and there is evidence behind that as well Um, so yeah as much as it can be frustrating for parents that they're not getting what they want when they want it there's a lot of evidence to say you know that we can put interventions into place before we need to make that speech referral and that might make all the difference to your child so yeah I think the reasons that you mentioned there Leanne the reason is that not all of those children are going to end up needing that specialist level of support from a speech therapist a lot of those children do make progress with little strategies and things that can be put into place at home so um, you're not as Mm -hmm. a parent I guess you're not being fobbed off you know that's really important to say that actually the reason yeah. that process is in place is because a lot of the children might make that um, kind of progress with those little tweaks. And when you mention interventions there, I think it's worth just mentioning that sometimes I think when people hear the word intervention, they're expecting like a group or a thing to happen. And actually intervention can be used in quite a broad brush way, can't it, to mean the intervention might be that you're going to put a certain strategy into place at home or that um, a hearing test is going to be completed. The intervention or the action could be any one of a number of things. It doesn't necessarily mean like a a group or a specific kind of package of care that you're going to receive. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we try to um, recommend things which which fit into that family's life as well. So if we've got a busy working mum that isn't able to take their child to a targeted play group, you know, we want to give her support that she can do things at home when it suits her and fits into her daily schedule with her child as well. So we do consider all those things, what works best for you. Um, Sometimes you may need to have a little bit of flexibility depending on the level of speech difference. But yeah, there's a lot of consideration that goes into these things and uh, a lot of pathways that need to be followed, but for a good reason. And yeah, that's uh, that's the idea of it. But I do understand parents' frustration when 
they expect that they might get one thing and it doesn't go that way but um, as a nurse and with all the specialist public health training that we do we know that it is effective to implement these things at home as well so that's why we like to try that first. That's great I think um, the other thing to mention there is that sometimes parents kind of hold off on going to the health visitor and actually if the health visitor can yeah. have useful support and strategies for you and there might be a process to go through I w- again would just urge you to go to the health visitor almost like as soon as you've got concerns or as soon as you want support from someone don't wait around for ages to even go to your health visitor because there could be things that you could be doing that could really make the difference so you know in terms of seeking that advice I was really just recommend people can go to their health visitor as soon as possible and obviously how you go as soon as possible that, how you do that does yeah uh, the area in which you live in terms of sorry yeah absolutely it does um, how to access this the health visitor how to sorry you're breaking up a little bit Charlotte um how to access the health visitor yeah um so um you could well i mean like you said it's different in all areas but you know every child under five has got a health visitor or is does come under a health visiting team so it might not be that you've got a named health visitor but definitely is allocated to a team um so you can give your local health center a call um in different authorities they've got different ways of checking which or uh, which area that you come under and which team that you come under usually you can find that online and it will direct you to where you need to go and then usually you can speak to a health visitor in a hub or a duty health visitor and discuss your concerns with them and then they will invite you in um, as necessary or if you know it's not possible for you to come in we can give you that information over the phone and then we will review it after it a month two months or three months time depending on the age of your child when you do make that kind of initial referral yourself so um but yeah any child under five does come under a health visiting service so please don't think that you haven't got a health visitor um because you have before your child starts school you will have a health visiting team where you can discuss those concerns that's brilliant thanks leanne i'm just going to recap your three things and you do correct me if i have uh, got any of them wrong so number one if you're preparing for the appointment write a list of your specific concerns um or anything you want to discuss including any progress that your child has made recently number two be prepared that your health visitor might also ask you to reflect on your own interaction style and the ways in which you're responding to a child. And that's because they want to be able to tailor and make sure that they're making the most relevant uh, recommendations for you and your family. So they want to find yeah. out what you're doing already. And number three, be open minded to implementing whatever the health visitor is recommending. And that might not always be a referral to speech and language therapy. It may be kind of making some yeah. changes to the way that you're interacting at home or to attend other groups within the community. Yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today, Leanne. It's been great to have you on. Thank you for being my first ever guest on the podcast. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Charlotte. I really appreciate it. If people want to find out more from you, Leanne, where can they go? Okay, so my main um, page that I upload the most content on is on Instagram and I'm known on there as The Realistic Health Visitor. Um, I also have a TikTok page, but my Instagram is the most um, interactive um, kind of page that you will get me on there. So, yeah, Instagram is the one for me. That's great. Thanks. I love Leanne's account, so do go and check out everything that she has to offer. Hope you all have a great day and uh, stay tuned for another bonus episode soon. Bye, Leanne. Thanks, Charlotte. Thank you.